one of the desert fathers that I really love to read from is Evagrius. And he had this idea of, or he had this writing about the seven, I'm sorry, the eight deadly thoughts that plague the monk in his cell. And they eventually morphed into seven deadly sins. But, you know, without even coming up with this concept of sin, which I know um, in a secular society um, almost becomes a means of um, and a means of appeal and a means of generating um, controversy or also just generating likes, clicks, and tripping up those social media algorithms. I mean, certainly the more, um, the more content that's controversial, controversial that, uh, elicits anger is going to be um, fed much higher in those algorithms than the ones that generate like those positive attitudes, right? But in today's society, what is an ally to these eight deadly thoughts is our, our need for immediacy, our impatience, our impulsivity. And I wrote an article, uh, a research article several years ago on how impulsivity really feeds into um, anxiety and mental health. And this idea that when you're always acting on impulse, when you're always reacting, we never come to a place of inner peace, right? So in other words, if we are continually looking at the world or continually ruminating on our thoughts that are going in our mind that to the point that we have to do something about them then we will they will always be monkeying around in our minds and, and taking up too much space than that is worth it and I know that there's certain politicians for me that um, take up a little too much space in my time and my my emotional energy but when you come to that place of stillness inside when you really look within and see all of those thoughts as just means to pull you away from that inner stillness and you don't bring in that impulsivity. So for me, um, that impulsivity will literally pull me up from my mat, my, my meditation. 
And, but it's important for us to pause and practice the pause. And I know that there's social media apps that will um, kind of put that little barrier between your tendency to react rather than act with deliberation, like, um, you know, using your rational thought. And certainly emotions can drive and fuel this impulsivity. And there's nothing wrong with having emotions, but when you are continually being fluttered about the world by your emotions, then maybe that's a call for you to practice more stillness. And it doesn't come easily. Um, I struggle with my practice all the time. But it's the practice, the discomfort that you feel when you're sitting or when you're praying, working with that. And even if it means 15 seconds of stillness and then gradually extending that time, you'll notice that when you're in the checkout line at the CVS and it's just too long, rather than react and, and look to other people to gather in the misery, to feed on that misery, you just say, you know what, this is my time to test what I've been cultivating in my stillness practice. And so there's many ways to practice stillness. I'm sure there's plenty of books and, and uh, tutorials. But uh, this, this coming Sunday, um, I'm sorry, the next Sunday, February 18th, I'm going to start a Lenten meditation practice that uses the different contemplative practices that have been taught for thousands of years in the, the monasteries. And some of them you might already be familiar with, and some of them have their secular counterparts. Um, so every Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be on the Insight Timer app. And so I'm going to be doing them live so you don't even have to leave your home, which <laughs> I know is very important to me. So every Sunday, through Lent, you can join me and we will engage in some of these stillness practices so we can practice what it's like to pause. Because in this day and age, it is that much more important for us to pause before we act.
so then we don't let those eight thoughts that pull us away that cause us more conflict with ourselves and others to continue to pull us out of control. <laughs>